was interesting um, trying to get those personality traits that were already there and translating them over to real estate. I remember at the beginning, I was at the gym and I had these shoes on and my friend said, oh, I love your shoes. And before I knew it, five people were around talking about my shoes and then they were leaving saying, oh, I'm going home right now, I'm gonna order some. And I looked at my friend and I said, no, if only I can do that with houses. You know, if, I, if only I can know that much about houses and, and grow that confidence to be able to do that with homes too. Um, I think I'd be going somewhere, so. All right, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to the Happy Agent Podcast. And I am Jeff Beggins here with you along with my co-host, Mr. Mike Puma. Mike Puma's dressed up in a jacket today. Must be a very <laughs> special guest we have with us today. And we That's do. right. We have Shana Turner. Shana is a newer agent with us that I think is doing phenomenally well. And she's overcome a lot of obstacles and objectives and doubts and fears and anxieties and kind of question marks and should I quit? Should I leave? What should I do? And all the stuff that kind of goes along with the learning curve of starting anything new. And so I want to thank you for taking time with us, Shana, today. Happy to be here. Good. So bring us back to the beginning of the story. Where did Shana come from? And then we'll get to kind of how you ended up here. And then we'll kind of just, inter just intersperse some stories in between and along the way. So walk okay. tell us your story. Um, so going back to kind of, I guess, where I grew up, I'm from the Detroit metro area. So where I grew up, it's actually a small lake town that's kind of just outside of the Detroit area. Um, which actually sounds really ideal. Who doesn't want to grow up in a lake town? Um, it was great, a great place to be from. Um, but there was a very small neighborhood within that small town that wasn't so great, and that's actually kind of where I came from. Okay. So, so kind of grew up in a bad neighborhood, um, single mother raising two young daughters. And I just kind of early on got a vibe of what I didn't want for myself. Um, what I didn't want for my future family if I was going to have one. Um, and so at an early age, I kind of knew that I was going to want, you know, more out of life. Um, and eventually, I, um, after I went to school, went through different jobs and things, I decided um, one night that I didn't want to be in the cold weather anymore. And so I moved to Florida. I didn't know anyone here, not a single soul. Um, I ended up in Clearwater because I had a friend who had grandparents that lived here. Um, and so I said, I'm moving to the beach. And she said, well, I hear Clearwater is great. And so the next day I booked a ticket uh, to come apartment shopping in Clearwater. And wow. Yeah. All right. So back up. There's a couple, couple things in that story I want I to dive into a little bit. So if you, if you don't mind. So, and it's a lot, and thanks for sharing a lot of this story. So, to just know that you wanted more for yourself sounds like it's just a topic to, to brush over that, but what, what was it? What are some things, because everything, and it's an, it's an interesting experience because our brain controls so much of our world, and it keeps so many people down, and it frees people, and it, it really does one of those two things. So, you had an interesting scenario there. You saw what you didn't want. Where did you see what you did want? Or was it just so strong the drive to get away from 
Yes. That was yeah, it was just, I, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to struggle. Um, I didn't want my children to struggle. I didn't want, um, you know, I just didn't want to live in, in that kind of environment at all. My mother did a great job of not letting us become a product of our environment. I remember her saying that a lot, you know, we wanted to play outside and we wanted to run the neighborhoods and she was like, you're not doing that. She put us into competitive dance, um, cheerleading pageant, like any kind of extracurricular activity that she could to just keep us so busy that we didn't have time for anything else. Um, and that's cool. Looking back on that, you got to realize what a struggle that probably was and how amazing that was for her to do that for you. Yes. Keep you focused on goals, keep you focused on passions, keep you focused on fun versus the other way where you could have been focused on there. So that's fantastic that she was able to do that for you. So you're very lucky to have that push yes. there. So you're sitting there cold, freezing your butt off in Detroit. Mm -hmm. So what, where was the decision? Like what happened that you can't just, there's, everything says enough's enough. And it sounds like you said enough's enough. And the next day your butt was here looking at an apartment. So how does yeah. that, where's that tipping point? What happened there? I was driving, it was a Saturday night, um, and I was bartending at the time. I was going to school for some things, but nothing that I was really serious about. Um, and then I was bartending, and I was driving to work on a Saturday night, and it was a blizzard. I mean, it was, I was afraid I was going to, like, slide off the road. It was crazy snow, um, and I just remember thinking, this, is, this sucks. I don't want to be in this weather anymore. I want to go somewhere warm. I don't know where that's going to be, but I'm, I'm going there. Um, and that was it. So I got to work and I, my friend Sarah was working with me and I said, this weather sucks. Like I, I have to move to the beach. I don't want to do this anymore. And she was like, well, what beach? And I said, I don't know any beach. <laughs> well, I hear Clearwater is nice. And I was like, it sounds nice. Where is that? <laughs> She was like, it's in Florida. And literally the next day, I booked a plane ticket for, I think, a month out from there to come to Clearwater um, to look for apartments. And, now, how old were you at this time? Uh, I was in my early 20s. Okay. I know that um, I was old enough to drink, so I had to be 22, maybe 23. Okay. Um, yeah. That's a big decision. And I just... I. I just keep bringing that back because I think that's huge as far as what you're able to do to, yeah. to better yourself or change yourself. And you didn't know if it was better or for worse. Or you're like, you know what? Enough's enough. I'm done. I'm moving. Mm -hmm. right, so you, you booked a flight to Tampa Bay to Clearwater. Mm -hmm. And then you're a month later. So tell us how that happens. And what, what kind of jobs did you find when you came down here? How did you figure you're going to support yourself? So the great thing about bartending is – if you know how to bartend, you can do it anywhere. Um, at the time, I was bartending for TGI Fridays, and there was a TGI Fridays in Clearwater at the time, off of 19. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. But I had a great manager up there, and he called the, the store down here, and he said, listen, I've got a great bartender. She wants to come down. Is there any room at all for her there? And he said, sure, send her down. So... I had a job ready for me when I got here. That takes the pressure off right there. 
Um, and it's kind of funny thinking back to our vision boards um, that we do that you have talked to us about and we learned to do in Beggins University. Um, at the time, I was doing, I guess, a version of that, and I just didn't know what it was at the time, except it was a shoebox. Instead of a poster, it was a shoebox. And I cut out all these pictures from magazines of the beach and sunny places, and I glued them to the shoebox, and I would go to work, and every night I would come home and I would put my money that I made in the shoebox. And that's how I saved my money to move to Florida. <laughs> That's awesome, though. But that's that's the whole manifestation process, right? You knew what you were doing. You didn't know how it was going to happen. You just kept throwing cash into the box, and, and then here you are. Yeah. So you're doing- the the execution too, though, because what I liked about it was you had that moment. I need to be in Clearwater next day, <laughs> booking the the plane ticket. Right. No additional time for negative, negative thoughts to creep in, anxiety to creep in. No, you can't do it. You shouldn't do it. No, just stay here. You have a job here. It's comfortable here. Stay here. You didn't give time for any of that to set in. You said, you know what? No, I'm doing it. Boom. And you took action and look at the result, right? That it's, it's funny how good decisions tend to be made like that. It's just that nothing's going to stop me. Go ahead and execute. Done. Right. So I think that's really intriguing. So anyone out there that's been kind of going pondering on a decision, just make the decision one way or the other. Yeah, for sure. Because worst case scenario, it came down and there were scary monsters and dragons everywhere and it, it, it sucked. You just hop a plane back home and you at least have family. Yeah. Right. So you always have that opportunity down there. So I think people need to realize that, too. It's, it's worth acting yeah. and just make the decision. All right. So now you're bartending. You're in yeah. your old age, your mid twenties, yeah. right? Working in um, TGI Fridays, having a good old time, and then something's next. So what happens? How did you? What, what was the path towards real estate, or your thought processes there? Um, so, I mean, there's a lot that kind of transpired between that time and how I ended up in real estate. Um, I, when I first moved to Florida, I, I always loved the water, and I always loved. Um, sea life in general, even living up north, I had considered a degree in marine biology um, because the Great Lakes are there and they actually have really good programs for that even um, up north. So it was kind of something I thought about doing once I got down here. So the first thing I did, other than start bartending, um, was I volunteered at the Clearwater Marine Aquarium. And I spent probably a year volunteering there before I realized that um, marine biology probably was not going to be a good fit for me um, for a few different reasons. It turns out I'm terrified of deep water and sharks. um, Animals don't talk back and I talked way too much. All of the volunteers there would just kind of come in. They were nice. They would, you know, do their job. And I remember, you know, you have to prep the food for the animals and I would be cutting these fish heads up and trying to talk to people and nobody really wanted to engage in a conversation. And so I just thought, you know, I don't think this is really gonna be the right fit for me. Um, So I cut that off pretty quickly and um, just kind of kept on bartending for a while until I started to figure things out of um, where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do. And being down here, it's different than up north in the sense that it's great weather all the time. It's always beach season. It's always bikini season, if you will. 
And that was different for me um, because I was used to hoodies, you know, jeans, bowling alleys, beer drinking. So I started to also get healthier when I was here because I was like, wow, all these people look amazing. Everyone's riding their bikes, they're out running. And so I actually started to, that's kind of how I started finding my path to um, getting into my gym and my fitness and a, a sort of healthier lifestyle. Um, which led me to meet my husband. And so that's kind of where everything started to shift into a, a more, I guess, normal routine, if you will. Right. And so the combining of them, you get now it's a little stabilized. Now you have a, a unified vision of trying to say, okay, now we've got two people to rely on. Now yeah. you can take some of the pressure off. We can follow some passions. We can kind of go and exploring. And then, but you didn't do real estate yet. No, I, um, so when I met my husband, I was still working at a restaurant um, and my husband is a banker and he's been in banking for 15 years. Um, so he does the normal Monday through Friday, you know, nine to five. We were, we got engaged. Um, we were planning a wedding and I started kind of thinking I needed a normal schedule, um, but I really thrived on a fast paced environment. So I was hesitant to take an office job or something that kind of kept me cooped up because I don't, you know, I get bored very easily with those sorts of things. Um, but I did find a medical practice, um, an eye surgery center that was hiring people. And I actually was a patient there before I was an employee. So I had an accident where, um, to go off on another story, I, I had an accident where I had an eye injury at a young age and so I have glaucoma which is kind of strange because I'm a really young person um, but I was seeing this glaucoma doctor and I remember sitting in the waiting room and I was looking around and the people were just running back and forth just it was so fast-paced and high volume but in a medical setting which I hadn't really seen much of and so I started to think you know maybe I could work here. Maybe they need someone at the front desk or something like that. Um, so I interviewed with them and my director actually asked me if I wanted to fill in another position that wasn't actually, they weren't actually hiring for, but she just felt that my personality would fit really well with, with that. And that was being a surgical counselor. Um, and I obviously accepted it because it was a better position than the one that I was considering. Yep. Um, and so that's kind of how I got into the medical field and um, being a, a surgical coordinator for an eye surgeon. What I love about this is you figuring out what you like and what you don't like quickly and not settling for that because you recognize, you probably didn't label it yet, but a high eye personality, interpersonal, you love to talk, right? The dead fish bait and the people looking at you didn't, didn't do anything for you. Yeah. Are you like, I, please talk to me. I want to talk, 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 talk. And anything that wasn't doing that for you is that. Then you marry a non-I, right? So you've got the total balancing act going on there. So you're like, I need people. I need stimulated. Talk, 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 talk. So you're kind of looking. Bartending did it for you because you had a million different people, different stories all day long. But that wasn't conducive to a, a real life world problem that you were looking for. And so everything evolved too. But I think for those watching, I think it's, it's the recognition of – you know, this is called the Happy Agent Podcast. You've been kind of in that search away from non-happiness 
right? More than the pursuit of happiness, which is kind of um, a different way to get there. But I think it's kind of fun. And then you, now you kind of fell into a counselor role, which to you is like perfect because you get to talk to people and they talk to you and you can talk, 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 talk down a path until you actually get to know them and love them and trust them. And I remember when we were first interviewing, that's what you were loving about that. And they, you actually became really close with some of these people and they like you and there's. Um, it was a perfect, it was the perfect fit at that time in my life for, for what I really wanted. I had stability. Um, I had a, a kind of a normal schedule, a normal routine. Um, I got to work in patient care and I absolutely loved it. I loved um, getting to talk to people, getting to bond with people, you know, learning what's important to them and just sharing stories. A lot of the patients were elderly and I loved that because they just could go on and on and on. And I had met my match because it was like these people were around forever and they just have more stories than I do. It was great. <laughs> um, so yeah, but I got really, um, I got a little burnout because I bonded with the people, which was great. Um, but it was sad because a lot of them were really sick. So being around the sick um, all the time, it, it wears you out after a while, for sure. Especially for someone like your personality and just the, the empath version of you, like you actually connect with people yeah. and you enter their world. So when you're going through what they're going through and then you multiply five, 10, I don't know how many, how many customers you'd see a day or sessions you'd have a day, but you carry that with you. And I know you enough to know that when you edit on the pillow at night, you're thinking about Myrtle and yeah. Charlotte and her kids and their cousins and their poodle. And what are they going to do with their cats and yeah. all this stuff? It just, it just burdens you down. Oh yeah, it really did. Um, and I'm so fortunate though for that. I learned so much being there. I, the people that I worked with were amazing. They are amazing. I'm still friends with most of them. Um, it was really a wonderful place to be for a really long time. Um, the surgeon that I worked for, great guy, um, but I had just got to the point where I just didn't want to be on someone else's time. Um, I wanted to be kind of on my own time. I took a trip to Europe, and that's kind of where everything really changed for me again. I mean, that was a pivotal moment, going to Europe and having a full two weeks which doesn't seem like a lot of time, but at that time it was a lot for me because I didn't take time off with when the doctor was in, I was there. Um, and that was just how it was. My schedule was based off of his schedule. Um, so I went to Europe for two weeks over Christmas and New Year's and it was life-changing in the sense that not only did I get to see all these different places and cultures and things that I hadn't seen before, but also, I, it gave me an opportunity to slow my mind down enough to know like what, again, I didn't want to do with my time. Um, and so I came home and I just immediately started thinking of what else I could do. How could I gain control of my own schedule, my own future, um, my own finances? How can I, how can I decide what I'm worth rather than having someone else kind of dictate that for me, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, so what were your options when you were looking around? What were you thinking? Uh, I, I, I was going to be, uh, I was going to start some, something in the fitness world. I wanted to um, 
you know, I did a short stint where I made my own candles and I sold candles and everyone loved those candles. And I still get people asking me to make them candles. <laughs> but it's just so time consuming, not a great return on investment um, as far as that goes. And so I just started kind of racking my brain to try to find out how can I work for myself? Because I knew from an early age, there was one thing that I always knew how to do and it was work hard. That was, you know, my mom was good about that. And I, I've always been a really hard worker. And so I just thought if I can work that hard for someone else, I can work that hard for myself. Um, but how was I going to do that? I, I had all kinds of ideas and I was kind of throwing things around. Nothing that really stuck until um, my husband said to me, you know, you should be a salesperson. And I was like, no. And he was like, you know, you love talking to people. Like, you're great with people. You really should look into sales. And I was like, no. Salespeople suck. I don't trust them. Like, they're just salesy. I don't like it. I'm not, I don't want to do that. And plus, I don't like anything enough to sell it, is what I told him. And then I'm joking. You know, we're joking back and forth. And I'm like, well, I mean, except houses. Totally kidding not serious whatsoever, had never crossed my mind to get into real estate ever. Um, and he looked at me and he was like, no, seriously, you should sell houses. And I was like, you're crazy. I cannot sell houses. I don't know anything about that. I mean, I watch HGTV. That's one thing, but no, I don't think I can do that. And he just wouldn't let up. He's like, you really should sell houses. You really should do that. And actually he's the one that did all of the, the research and I was like, do you really think I can do that? And the more he kind of was like, yeah, it looks like a great fit for you. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to sell houses. You're right. And so that's what I did. Um, I went to school to get my license while I was still working for the surgeon. Um, so that was, that was tough. But I knew that if I was going to do this, I was going to go 100% in. Um, so I studied my butt off and I just went for it and it did not take me long to, to get the license. And then, so you shopped around, we were one of the places you looked at. Yes. And, um, I, I, I still remember the interview cause I was very excited because to me, success and real estate, a lot of it, there's a DNA strand involved. Right. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is you have to have empathy and everything to me is energy and intentions, right? And so there's a vibe to everybody. There's a vibe to everything, right? And your, your attitude and your energy and your caringness and your, your desire to be better, um, you can't teach, right? And I think you've been, you've been through so many different situations in your life that you've overcome. That's kind of been a stepping stone path to put you in control of your own world. So I knew instantly that you were going to be good right and um it, we were just we just didn't know how i remember talking i said look it's all about talking with people which you don't have any problem doing right it's just the problem now is you just don't know what the hell you're talking about in real estate so we need to teach you a little bit about real estate and then you just go talk to people and some people are going to want to do sell real estate some people aren't going to be in a position to buy real estate but who cares keep talking to people and people right so that that seemed like a pretty good fit for you so you get into the business you come work what kind of challenges were was it was it exactly what you thought it was going to be was it different than what you thought it was going to be no it's not anything like what i thought it was going to be not at all not even close um and 
I remember people telling me at the beginning um, that it was hard and I knew it would be hard. I didn't expect it to be easy. Um, and I knew people were unsure about if I really should just make a clean break, leaving one job, steady, stable income, and just jumping into something that you just don't make money until you do. And then that's just how it works. And um, I was like, I'm just doing it. I'm just going in. And, I'm, and so I left my stable job. And I remember the first broker that I interviewed with, he was like, Oh, so you, I literally got my license on Wednesday and interviewed on Friday. I mean, it was that quick. And well, that's how you work. Yes. I was like, I'm just going for it. <laughs> you know, and um, he, I remember him saying to me, I had already put in my notice at my other job. And so I told him I can start in two weeks. And he was like, wait, you quit your job? And I said, well, yeah, I'm doing this now. And he was like, well, that's brave. I remember him saying, wow, that's brave. And I said, yeah, but I'm going to be fine. I remember looking at him and saying, I know that I can do this. So, and he was like, well, that's brave of you. And I realized later on that it was brave. Um, yeah. It was, a, it, was, it was a learning experience. Still is every day. It's, it still is. And, but it, it never changed from what it really is. It's just sometimes people resist what it really is, right? And it, all this business is, and I think you're seeing this now, is you just have to become top of mind when real estate enters their world. That's it, yeah. right? You, you're never talking anybody into buying real estate. You're never talking anybody into selling real estate. You just have to be thought, thought of when that part of their world is actually happening and they have to trust you during that process. That's it. That's the whole real estate game. To what scale you want to do that is up to you, depending on what kind of income you're looking to, what kind of lifestyle you're looking to fund. But I mean, so in the very beginning, it took a little while mm -hmm. to kind of get a, get a stride because it was not HGTV. No. You're not getting people walking <laughs> through the front door. You know. It's not million dollar listing. And <laughs> is that, hold on, is that what you thought it was going to be? I'm just curious because I think there's a lot of people watching right now that we, we do have a lot of people watch our and listen to our podcast that are considering getting into real estate but haven't yet, right? And so a lot of them probably do have that same thought process. Like they are watching HGTV, they are watching Million Dollar Listing. Like, was that what you thought it was going to be? Like, just driving around in like really nice clothes and you know selling million dollar homes i didn't really think it would be that i not like that but i did think oh this is just gonna be fun like we're gonna go look at some houses we're gonna get one and then boom like let's do this um and so it's all it was all of the um paperwork and all of that kind of stuff that i was like oh well, shoot what do i do now <laughs> And then the point that you actually have to find the people to put in your car to go drive around too, if you want to be in control of your own life. And that was another thing that I didn't really, I was like, okay, I'm ready. Like, who wants to go shopping and nobody around? <laughs> <laughs> that part right. But so tactically, what I think you did well is you leverage what you have was the trust and the relationships that you had. Now, at this point, when you just started real estate, how long have you lived here in, in Clearwater at, at this stage? Oh, I mean, now it's been 12, 
I'd say that again. I, I didn't hear that. I think it, it's been about 12 years now. So, so about 12 years. So you built up a pretty decent world and through the gym and through um, clients and people that you met through at work. It's pretty good eye, eye institute size. So yeah. I remember you, you went to the, the old place of employment, which they still love you yeah. and trust you. And they invite you back with op open arms anytime you can. And I think you did a great job because you actually talk about what you did there. You went to kind of just kind of put yourself back into the mix there. So when I was leaving, um, they, you know, obviously I had built a lot of really good relationships um, there. And it was very sad for me to leave there in the sense that those people really were like my family. So um, I had a hard time leaving there and they said, we're gonna miss you just as much as you're gonna miss us, come back anytime, um, anytime you want. We'll help you, we'll send you business as much as we possibly can. Um, you know, if you ever see an opportunity for us to be able to do that, let us know, we, we're happy to help you. You know, they wished me well and supported me 100%. Um, so there's an annual employee meeting that they have every year. And so after I had been gone a couple of months and I kind of settled somewhere at a broker with you guys, actually, when I settled with you, I was like, okay, now I have business cards. I know for sure I'm going to stay here a while. Um, let me go back and pass out my cards and talk to them. And they agreed to, uh, put my information in the employee handbags that they give out to 300 employees at their at their annual um, meeting so that was really really nice of them i think i think though the key takeaway there which is awesome for you by the way but i think the key takeaway there is building the relationship to the level where when you leave and can't really bring them any value anymore they still want to help Right. And so it's really important for those watching really take a hard look at your relationships and the people around you, because how many of them, the second that you stop bringing something to them, whether it's financial, whether it's, Oh, you know, I help you do this. So you help me do that. As soon as that one side of the relationship slows down or stops, does that relationship continue? Because those are the real relationships that matter. Right. And it demonstrates your ability to build real connection with the people around you. So I think it speaks volumes about you. Um, so I just want to make that point, though, that that doesn't happen if you don't build quality connections with people. Yeah. And when I left there, I, did, I have some really fond memories. And I, you know, when I left, I said, this isn't goodbye. It's just see you later. And I really meant that. Uh, I still keep in touch with a lot of the people there regularly. So, um, yeah, I make, when I, when I make friends, I usually, you know, I try to keep them around, you know. I remember one of the times where we were in the, in the office together, and I think you had one of your old um, employees called you that was actually in a consultation with a person that was thinking about buying or selling their house. Remember that? Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that cat. Good old cat. Good old cat. So she just sent you some business over there. Yeah. All right. So it didn't happen quickly. Right? How many times did you doubt your decision? Um, I doubted it. I, I can't say how many times. I, I just knew, though, that I was just going to keep – I wasn't going to turn around and go back where I came from. Usually when I, when I make a decision to move, 
in a different direction. I just move in that direction and um, keep trying. I, there were a couple of times that I looked at my husband and I'm like, what have I done? What if, you know, but he was like, you got this, like, just keep at it. And so I, I trusted in him and I was like, yeah, you're right. I got this. That's great to have that support too. Here's what I think is really cool about this industry too, is you can look around and you can watch other people doing it. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and especially from take your gym perspective, you, you can watch somebody and you can watch their form. You can watch their focus. You can watch what they actually do. It can be replicated, right? Mm -hmm. That's how everybody can just train, right? You train to a certain level to get a certain outcome. You can look around and start saying, well, how can she do that? How did she get three listings? Right. And then you listen, like she called it for sale by owner. Oh, she did this with her sphere. She did this with a, this, this is how she, I didn't know about the, that loan program. So you start to learn and start to listen. And you go, I think you have to acknowledge the fact that when you get into anything new, you know nothing, right? And you have to embrace that and just realize that that's kind of why you're around the people that you're around. So yes. you can just suck up off of us until, and, and while you become more competent. Yes. Because yeah. you have confidence, but you just don't have any competence yet. Yeah, it was, it was difficult because um, I, I, where I came from, I was the go-to person, you know, in, I was kind of the liaison between the whole thing. And I knew, I didn't know it all, no one knows it all, but I always was the person that people would come to if there was an issue, if they needed something fixed or help with something. Um, so to go from that to literally, I don't know anything. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was tough for sure at the, at the beginning. I was like. Uh, Remind me, what was the first deal you did? So the first one that I did was um, someone that I knew from, from my old job. Um, I had worked with her. So we didn't work very closely together, but we worked close enough that she knew I had a strong work, work ethic. She knew she could trust me in that capacity. Um, and she called me out of the blue and she said, oh, I got your card in the bags at the employee meeting and um my husband and i are looking for a home and i was wondering if you could help us and i was like absolutely and that was my that was where i got my first transaction <laughs> okay let's pause on that one for a second because i think there's a lot of takeaways to that number one was like mike said that you had the trust in the and they loved you enough to allow you to come back which is good but everybody could have had that opportunity to say yeah come on back you know we love you anytime and everybody would have just kind of brushed that off. You actually took that to heart, right? Because you like these people and you took the initiative, you took the step to find out when the employee meeting was, asked if you could show up, showed up, right? And did the things and brought the things and took the initiative, had the passion to say, a little bit of blind faith saying, I know something will come from this. Put your little packages together, 300 of them, and then sat and wait. I mean, that's, a, that's part of this that I think is huge because a lot of agents have great ideas. Mm -hmm. Right. If they could, you took, that was 300 contacts, right? Yeah. That's like going to a 300 person neighborhood and dropping flyers on the door, right? That's like sending something to 300 for sale by owners expired listing. That's doing a post to social, whatever it may be, but you're starting to, you took that initiative and then they actually, and they trusted you. And you said that too. She didn't, she knew you enough to know that you had good work ethic and she could trust you. Yeah. I think that's become a common thread in the deals that you've done since then is they know you, they like you, they trust you. And then as you've been getting better and better, they now see you're good at what you do. Because yeah. you're doing a great job in your socials, your Mike will probably ask about that in a second. And is, but 
as they see your successes. Listed another one, sold another one, sold another one. So I'm so happy for my clients and pictures of you and your customers and your, and your testimonials and people raving in the reviews. That starts to fill that one missing link because it's those three things. Can I, can I trust you? Are you good at what you do and do you care about me? You've got that I can trust you and that you care about them down pat. And then now you're starting to build the, you're good at what you do too. Good. So from a social media, from a perspective to kind of launch out there, how is that? What kind of, what have you been doing that's um, worked? What have I been doing that's worked? Really, honestly, in every transaction, I've, I've been just trying to really build a good, strong bond with those people. Um, so at the end of it, when I'm taking pictures with them and I'm posting them on my social media, I'm saying, so happy for this client you know this is her first home this was important to her or this client really wanted this amazing bathtub and look she got it this is great good for her you know those things are sincere because i really have built that relationship throughout the weeks um, and sometimes months of of the process by the end of it i i like to say that i have made a friend they've made a friend um and so you know, I guess just being sincere in in those things and telling people, look how great this is for them. Um, I think that's really shown people that there are agents out there that do sincerely want to help. And you can't fake that authenticity at all. What I'm excited for you about your career is that you haven't been doing this long enough yet to really see the lifetime value of those deals. And every one of those is worth about $130,000 to you yeah. during your career because their mom, their sister, their cousin, their uncle, their brother, their neighbor, right? And their person that plays softball. One, the first one has sent me, I've had, I have two other contracts from a referral from her. And then there are three other people that have just contacted me saying they got my name from her. So already that's six from one person and what I try to do is just take such good care of the people that they care about that now those people will go oh I can trust her with these people because she'll care about them like she cared about me it seems to be working so far I think that's awesome I mean really she's doing the influencer strategy but from a smaller scale from uh, um, people that you trust and like from your sphere yeah. I mean, that's, if you think about social, really, I always say it's conversations at scale, right? That's all it is. And then when you take the influencer strategy, what are, what are influencers? They're just people that have influence over another group of people that you don't, right? So if you can build trust with that individual and leverage their influence over another group, that's all influencer marketing is, but you've been able to replicate that model in a digital world, communicating via social, which is where everyone's attention is, and ultimately that drives your business. So it's, a, it's, a, it's not an easy thing, it's a simple thing. That's, that's the difference. All right, so Shanna, for those who are watching that are in the, I don't know if this is for me stage, might have done a few deals and are questioning it, what advice do you um, I would say, Figure out what do you want? What do you really want? Um, and what really makes you tick? And then lean into that. 
And if those things line up with what this business can do for you, then I would say just do it. Just go all in. One, I'm glad you just said that because you just reminded me about something I think is really important because the, the switch turned on um, for you and your business. And I think what, what happened, and a lot of agents make this um, assumption, and I think it's a, it's a fatal flaw mistake, is they come in thinking they need to be something, right? They need to act away. They need to be away. They need to, they need to become something, right? And the ones who actually really do well realize that they're already perfect exactly the way that you are, right? Everybody that you know from the gym or from the Eye Institute, from anywhere from Publix, right? They see you. They like you, the real you, the talky you, right? The one that likes to be you, that just likes to be expressive, and, that, and that's it. Anytime you try to tweak that or dial anything up or down, it's not real, right? And people sense that, and they, they're repelled. And then I think once it came from you, that you're like, you know what? Screw it. This is me. This is my passion. This is what I like to do about people. And to your user, would you just lean truly all into you? And that became attractive again. Right, yeah. because it was there she is, it's her, got it. It's not a salesy version of her, right? It's you that just happens to be an industry that provides value in the real estate industry. You were in an industry that provided value in the eye industry before, now you're being you in the real estate industry. This one just happens to have better paychecks at yeah. the end of the day. It was interesting um, trying to get those personality traits that were already there and translating them over to real estate. I remember at the beginning, I was at the gym and I had these shoes on and my friend said, oh, I love your shoes. And before I knew it, five people were around talking about my shoes and then they were leaving saying, oh, I'm going home right now, I'm gonna order some. And I looked at my friend and I said, no, if only I can do that with houses. You know, if, I, if only I can know that much about houses and, and grow that confidence to be able to do that with homes too. Um, I think I'd be going somewhere. So, <laughs> <laughs> but to your, to your strength though, once you had that thought, I know what you did. You started learning about houses, mm -hmm. right? You go online, you read about them, you go see them, you go preview them. You, you, you learn, you read, you see why does this one this much? Why is this 700? This one's 650. That one's 850 on the same street. And you start to realize this one has a seawall. This doesn't, this one faces the sunset. This one doesn't, this has a pool. This one's old. This one's metal. This one's wood right? All these type of things come into the play that there's no way you can know, right? And, yeah. you know, you're still new, right? And to my opinion, an agent is quote unquote new, I think for the first five years, there's just, there's so much to be, to learn until you get mastery under your belt where you've pretty much seen a lot, right? So I love the fact that you don't, that doesn't trip you up. You just go for it and start learning and just getting better and better. On that. Yeah, definitely. I've learned so much in such a short amount of time. Um, and I'm going to just continue to do that. And it's actually gotten, now it's exciting for me, you know, to learn the things that I didn't know on the last transaction because everyone is different. Um, so now it's something I can, at first it was like, oh my gosh, I have to get one of these done. I have to get a transaction. You know, how am I going to pay my bills? And then it's just, something just clicked. And now I'm just really having a good time doing it. Then you're getting top producers. You're, I mean, you're, you're crushing. We're very proud to have you on, on our team for sure. What is happiness to you right now? What's success? What's the next level, Shanna? What is your lifestyle goals? What are things that you and your husband are looking to do? Um, well, my husband and I are on the same wavelength with 
finances. He's a financial planner, certified financial planner. So I have him in my back pocket, which is really great. Um, And we've always kind of put our heads together about things, but I think the two professions really just go hand in hand um, now. And we're able to really look at things together long-term. He was always good at that. And I was always the can, I, can we talk about next week? And he's like talking about retirement, right? So now he's, we've, I am able to look at, at things more um, from a bigger perspective of what do we want, you know, when we retire, what kind of family life do we want? What do we want to be able to provide for our children um, when we have them? And so happiness right now, what the goals that we have now, um, we, we want to be debt free. You know, we want to be able to, our income is just our income. And then we get to choose what we spend that on. Right. So it's not, we're not being a slave to the, to the lender of our car or our home or, you know, whatever else. Um, So we want to be debt free. Financial freedom is happiness to me now. Um, I want to travel. I want to be able to just pay for things and not have to um, borrow money to pay for things, which growing up, you know, on welfare and in a lower income housing, you know, those things, I, I never knew that there was such a thing as just, oh, you just pay for it because you have the money to do that. That didn't come to me until more recently. So, Which, which is very powerful because the law of contrast is important, right? You've got to, you couldn't have that feeling or that drive or that appreciation if you didn't see that other side, mm-hmm. right? And then one of the best things ever is, is not having anything, right? One of the best things, one of the best experiences of my life was I had made a lot and then I lost it, right? And I know which one I like better is having it. And I know what it takes is a lot of hard work and there's no question and, and there's no limits. So what I think is, I'm excited for you because you know you now know that there is no limitation, right? It's whatever you guys decided you want to create. Um, there's I don't think there's any doubt in your mind you can create fifty grand in a quarter um, if you wanted to. You know how to do it. Yeah, and, and I'll never forget you telling me when we first met. I don't know if you remember this. You said that. Um, two things that stuck out to me that I was like a caged animal just waiting to be let loose. Which yes, I remember that. There. Yep. And also that I would out earn my husband. Yep. The first time last month, I out earned my husband, which was amazing. That was amazing. That makes me really happy. I knew it. There's no doubt about it. I remember I was saying, you're like, you're pacing a cage. You're just like waiting and waiting and waiting to go. She just... She's made for communication, and this is the people in communication business. And you were bred for that. You're 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 where you need to be. So I think you are a big inspiration. We're proud to have you a part of the company. Thank you. And um, every next level you guys go to, and I don't think your husband's probably too disappointed that you're out earning him either. That's probably not at all. Good. <laughs> no, he's got he's got a sugar moment now. Are you <laughs> kidding me? He's probably pumped. <laughs> Yeah, he's planning retiring earlier now. He's just putting that in like just it's on the board championship. I love it. Yeah. So Puma, it's almost like from the hood to sugar mama is the is the title of this podcast. 
<laughs> it could be. I'll have to play. I'll have to play with the title a bit. But yeah, I mean, I think I think her background, your background, is perfect for this industry. But it's it. I agree with you, Jeff. I think that that background early on really set the foundation. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm sure it wasn't fun at times to live through, but there's no question for me that that sets up success. I, I know you probably worry about it, Jeff. I do like my kids don't know what that's like right yet, you know, and hopefully, you know, it, it's funny as a parent, I hope they never do. But at the same time, I know, you know, going through those low moments helps you recognize what low actually is. And to your credit, what you don't want, right. And moving towards what you do want, Jeff, you went through it. I've gone, everyone, my parents went through it. Right. But if my kids just go through it with never having that adversity, I actually think that's a major disadvantage for them. Right. And I, I, that messes with me as a parent. So it's really interesting how a lot of people just wish they had success where I actually think that chip on your shoulder from when you were a kid has going to, has led to your success already, but is going to allow you to go to insane levels that most people would not even be able to fathom because they don't have that chip on their shoulder. I love it. So. Now, you, that's a very inspirational piece. I think a lot of people are going to just attach to many different nuggets along the way. So I want to thank you for your time today. Thank you. And we're proud of you and keep on going. And I'm looking forward to the next level of you. Okay. So thank cool. you. Thanks. Thanks. For the time. Bye.